0: This is Kelly Carlin, and welcome to "Waking from the American Dream."
1: Above the blue night sky, patterned with stars, beside the rocks, breathe back their stored-up heat of the day. Below the black void, ahead the trail that winds. Let your worries be as few as mine I traveled for hours By the light of the stars A warm wind rushed down the canyon side Singing in the pinions My little dog behind Let your worries be as few as mine Continues as I wish a cloud has passed before the sun. My camp for the moment is in shadow in every direction, stretch of silent pines. Let your worries be as few as mine. Let your worries
0: Well, that was Mr. Dan Byrne, who's become a regular here on Waking from the American Dream, thanks to Logan. Uh, That was Let Your Worries Be As Few As Mine. Isn't that a nice thing to say to people? That's very nice of Dan. Uh, Dan will be at Top Tune again uh, this weekend, probably winning. (laughs) People are going to start. Does he show up and people go, "Uh, poor Dan. Uh, Good for Dan. Uh, Welcome, everyone. It's March 7th. It's Thursday. It's live. We are live. We've got a signal going. I can see it. So internet gods, take care of us today. We are here live with you hope you 're all doing well. Uh, I know some people in the Midwest are recovering from uh, large piles of snow that have gathered around their cars and homes and businesses. Uh, whereas here in LA, um, it's a balmy, I'm guessing maybe 61, 62, a little breeze, threatening some rain. It was exciting today. There's some nice clouds in the sky here, which is always exciting in LA because it's about it, like for weather wise. We like clouds come and I get excited. I'm, you know, I'm also one of those people that goes on the Weather Channel. Um, uh, app, you know, online and looks at the filters because I just like to see the radar coming in, you know. I remember when I was only on the TV and we'd have the the El Nino was one year and Bob, my husband, would come in and go, Just put turn off the weather channel. I'm like, but I must see where the green blob is right now. Is it coming towards us? It was like a monster or something. I'm a little obsessed with weather, I think, because there is no weather here. I'm sure if I lived in uh, Detroit or um, Pittsburgh or, God forbid, Fargo, um, I would be like, fuck this weather. I hate weather. And here's the funny thing is it's all weather. Even if it's sunny out, that's weather that's weather. I but of course, I don't see sunny as weather. I see sunny as the antithesis of weather. It's just the sky and the sun. Of course, people would, you know, die to have something like that. Someone actually tweeted a picture of it was sunny in London the other day, I guess it hadn't been sunny for maybe 100 days or something. They're like, the sun came out in London. I'm like, wow, it's been a dark winter for you people up there, hasn't it? Poor Londoners. Uh, so welcome, everyone. I uh, hope you're all having a great week. Uh, good, productive week here. Been very busy doing all sorts of things. Um, uh, tons of things. I thought, my God, I've got so much booked. If I could only get paid for something. <laughs> it's such a crazy career. I had so much fun yesterday. I got called in. Craig Shoemaker asked me to come guest host his radio show, uh, the Craig Shoemaker show on Toad Hop Network, and uh, last minute I went in and did that, and that was fun because it was like official radio. I mean, it's still a podcast, but it's uh, very radio-like at in the studio, and and I got to say things like at the top of the hour, in the bottom of the hour. It was very cool, uh, so that was great fun, and uh, I'm very excited to announce that uh, we have a we have a, we have a new new segment here on Waking from the American Dream. Uh, we have a new correspondent, you could say, uh, here, uh, contributing to Waking from American Dream. Uh, so here now with the latest of news is uh, State of America. State of America.
2: Good afternoon, boys and girls, and welcome to State of
0: America.
2: My name is Happy Go Fuck Yourself, and I'm here to tell you, my fine fellow citizens of America, all you need to know about what is going on in our fine, beautiful, perfectly happy go-fuck-yourself nation of America today. Item number one. No, the magnetic poles have not shifted on Earth. It's just that progressives are actually agreeing with something Congressman Rand Paul is doing. It seems that on Wednesday, March 6th, Kentucky Congressman Rand Paul took to the floor of the Senate and began to filibuster the appointment of John Brennan for the head of the CIA. It seems that Representative Paul doesn't like the fact that our president has the power to send out itty-bitty little cute planes that can shoot people dead, you know, like American citizens. And guess what? The lefty-lefts of this country don't like that either. I'm just over the moon that we are finally all, in the words of the great humanitarian Rodney King, just getting along. Item number two. Hey, you left coasters. You no longer have to stay up at night worrying if those crazy North Koreans and their missiles could give you one nasty wake-up call. It seems that the super-duper Supreme Leader King John Un has a new friend, a new American friend, Dennis Rodman. You may know him as a bull or a worm, which is very confusing. Or you may remember him from that dear man Donald Trump show, but now he's a Harlem Globetrotter. Literally, trotting into rogue states bouncing balls with psychotic world leaders and bringing peace to the Pacific Rim. Of course, this should be no surprise that a freaky little man wants his best friend to be a freaky gigantic man. Whew, that was close. No more Ambien for this little lady tonight. I'll be sleeping like a maniacal despot. Item number three. I know we've all been fretting and doing plenty of hand-wringing over our beloved Hollywood sister, Lindsay Lohan. Oh, the troubles she has seen. So many ask, why can't we just leave her alone to have her mental breakdown in private? You silly nillies, that's not very fun or American of you. But what is? Lending a helping hand. "'Dearest darlings, you no longer have to furrow your sweet American brow over Miss Lohan. "'She will be just fine now that the great thespian and guru Charlie Sheen has come to the rescue. "'It seems that Mr. Sheen has offered to share his sage wisdom with Miss Lohan "'about being hounded by the world for just wanting to have some good, clean American fun. "'Mothers, fathers, rejoice!' Soon he'll be opening up schools for wayward daughters of narcissistic parents near an olive garden near you. Save those pennies! How could you pass up an opportunity to rub shoulders with an icon while diving into a basket of all-you-can-eat garlic bread? Well, that's all the time we have here at State of America. Until next time... Let's all do what we do best here in America. Keep those little heads up our fat asses. This is Happy Go Fuck Yourself signing off. Ta-ta!
3: There's
4: never been a time
3: As fucked up as this As fucked up as this I didn't fuck it up You probably didn't fuck it up
4: But they, whoever they are, they fucked it up now it's fucked up.
3: I can't unfuck it up. You probably can't unfuck it up. And if we're counting on them to unfuck it up, then we're all fucked. Okay. Now here's
4: where you come in. You don't have to sing. Just turn to the person next to you and ask them nicely. Did you fuck it up? Go on, ask them. How about you? Did you fuck it up? Now sit back and look at them and say, because you look like someone who could have fucked it up. Now it's fucked up. ourselves up off the floor and create a tone of camaraderie and ask, could you help unfuck it up? And then say, are you really so fucking busy you can't take one fucking man's help unfuck it up? And then lose the righteous asshole attitude and take a breath and say, because I'm willing to pick one thing to help unfuck it up. Won't you join me? Oh, that's better. It doesn't feel better. Yeah, I'm feeling the love. The problem is... that you just can't help feeling bitter that it's fucked up to begin with. You just go round and round like this. Okay, back with me now. I didn't fuck it up. Let it out. Come on. You know you feel it. You probably didn't fuck it up. You don't have to believe it. Just go with it for now. But they, that's right, shift the blame. They fucked it up. Now it's fucked up. That's right.
3: Okay.
4: Yeah, you're clapping, but... The problem is deep down inside, you're feeling depressed and hopeless, right? We're just gonna change the world. What the hell happened? Okay, I got We're gonna come together for this one. I need your help. We're gonna fill this room up with love and inspiration. And it won't last past the time you leave here tonight, but everybody on this side. Let's all unfuck fuck it up. Okay, real loud and proud. Let's all unfuck fuck it up. Now you gotta keep going without me when I leave you. Here we go. Let's all unfuck it up. Doesn't that feel good? Keep it rolling. Now over here. Special part, it's a little repetitive, but it's fucked, 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 it's fucked. Can you do that? It's fucked, it's fucked. Commit already. I wanna be
3: an unfucker. I wanna be an unfucker. That's right, it's fucked, it's fucked, it's fucked, it's fucked, it's fucked.
0: Well, if you're a regular listener to Waking from the American Dream, you know exactly who that is. That's Miss Katie Goodman and her I Didn't Fuck It Up song, which, you know, is uh, just its so brilliant. So brilliant. We play it often here at Waking from the American Dream. And uh, about three weeks ago, Katie was in L.A. and uh, she uh, came over to my house. We came back in here, the studio here and sat down and uh, had a little chat. If you're not familiar with Katie, Katie is obviously a a uh, musician, comedian. She's got an amazing troupe of women. She also performs with called broad comedy and they do a bunch of stuff about being moms and middle-aged and just brilliant, brilliant stuff. Plus Katie has her solo show. She has a book called improvisation for the spirit. She does workshops. Actually, she and I t- are going to do a workshop at Omega together. Um She's just an all around fantastic, great person. And um as you'll find out from the interview which is I think this is the second time she's been on the show that she and I have a hell of a lot to talk about so here's my chat with uh, Katie Goodman enjoy well everyone we're back and uh, I have here sitting here with me the fabulous I actually have her sitting here with me yay. in my space yay uh the fabulous Katie Goodman welcome Katie thank
3: you
4: I'm moving in here
0: yes please, please. I don't
4: need much room I'll just take that dog bed <laughs> this
2: is the greatest house oh thank
0: you yeah we love our space everyone says it's got a kind of a groovy feel to wow, it it's so really groovy. yes it's um you know and it just kind of happened too it's one of those things you don't really plan it it just kind of happens It's nice. I mean this in a good way. You can tell that you've been here a long time. Yeah.
4: Very personality driven. Yes. I love that.
0: All of our quirks are all over the place. Absolutely. (laughs) I was looking at um, when you were on the show last and it was March of 2011, (sighs) which that kind of freaks me out. It's been two
3: years.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Because it seems like recently. It
0: does. It does. And just I I know for me that last two years have been. Just an enormous change in my life, a huge amount of work I've done, and things have been happening. I'm like, you know, I went back to therapy in October mm. and said to my therapist, "This is what happened the last two years? It's been two years since I'd seen him." And he looked you at me and he, in an hour, yeah, and he goes, <laughs> and he goes, Jesus Christ! All the things that you wanted to do, you're doing." So oh, that's great. Yeah, it is oh, great. Yeah, it's yeah. good. And I'm in therapy for good reasons, not for crazy reasons. (laughs) Uh, But but I wanted to, before we do anything else, I just wanted to catch up and, and, you know, hear about what You've been, you've been. There's been new things going on for you the last few years, and new direction, and new. You did some solo stuff, and yeah. so, so what's, what has changed for you in the last two years? <laughs> I was
4: just picturing when you said two years. Though I feel like the whole last year was just election. I'm just so I'm yes, like 2012. It, I know. Okay, but kind I'm of so glad it was kind over. of a time suck a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the election. Bit. <laughs> yeah, did I do anything last
0: year? <laughs> Except complain and bitch. Oh I <laughs>
4: guess I moved to New York. Oh, <laughs> that's a small there. thing. <laughs> yeah. So we've been there for a year and a half, which has been really fun. Yeah. And, and what made you move to New York? Well, we were touring and touring and touring. And, you know, we lived here for four months and, and, uh, and a bit in New York and a bit in Boston, a bit. And we have a home in Montana. And it was just really, really crazy. I lived in Montana for a long time as like our home base
3: mm-hmm.
4: for sort of a... I think it was just like a healthy type A person needs to have a grounding place. So needs to have the
0: big sky country.
4: Yeah. And I didn't, I mean, what was great is in my thirties, I did not lose my shit hmm.
0: and I would have absolutely
4: in New York or LA <laughs> and I've lived in LA four times a year each. And, but and you, you know, you know, when to retreat. retreat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So um, starting when I was nineteen, you know, I learned that early. So I um anyway, so that we lived there and then we would tour from there. And then it just got too hard. And we would take my kid, we'd take him out of school. Mm. I don't really recommend that. Yeah, that's tough on a kid. <laughs> and he's awesome and he's gregarious and he's flexible. Um, But it was also starting to be, you know, he turned, I guess, eight when we moved there and he was starting his friendships were deepening and he needed Mm -hmm. to have long term friendships, you know, and he still has those in Montana because we also run a summer theater camp and we'll always have that. And that's kind of like a nice grounding way to come back after a year of New York. Um, but my kid hates New York. (laughs) Does he really? Yes. It's so funny, Kelly, because I'm a, I'm not a Montanan, like in any shape or form, except that all of my Montana friends are from somewhere else and they've all lived there. You know, it's sort of like, it's this beautiful, amazing place. Yes. And I'm not a rural human.
0: Right. And so <laughs> I don't see you in the pioneer dress thing. <laughs> no. no, it's not your thing.
4: <laughs> um, but you know, but I also do know how to survive a snowstorm in my car. Like, there's some shit that I learned. But um, so I moved back to New York and I'm like, my people. Oh, uh-huh, exactly. So I'm very happy. And then he's like, this blows. It's dirty. There's mean people. I mean, there aren't mean they people. They get this actually. much
0: sky to look at.
4: Yeah. Oh, that's a huge thing. There's no stars. Yeah. We try to go to the park, but we're all stuck inside. There's no trampoline outside for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, you know, we're on a fifth floor walk-up, so you'd die <laughs> if we had one. But, um, so that's been kind of interesting as seeing, like, who I created. You know, mm. me and my husband, I, like, made this little rural kid and we're not you know or Soren's more in between than
0: I am right
4: right but so it's been it's been like for me it's been more of a homecoming my family's all from New York I grew up in Boston and so it's been like there's art there's fucking art every hour of the day yeah and not just obviously museums but there's literally every night right
0: 10,000 things to do
4: Three in the morning. Yes, you know, it's like the Edinburgh Fringe Festival all the time.
0: <laughs> it's the energy of that <laughs> yeah, too,
4: which is like my favorite thing. You can't maintain that. No. for more than I was going to say twenty-five I days, but around day twenty-one is when I lose it. There, <laughs> but you know, and we're going out um, to see things two, three times a week. Absolutely, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and not just. I mean, we're not just seeing Broadway shows, but our friends are in things where we're seeing comedy or. Um, I've gotten back into improv, which is so fun. Uh-huh. Um, to actually, I've had a I've had a troupe of um, me and five guys for um, probably 15 years um, that we've been an improv troupe together and touring around a little bit, but we've slacked off more and more and more as we've all had children and moved and everything. So then I got to New York, and it was bizarre because it was the one thing I didn't think I'd want to have that be a big part of my life, mm. but I got there, and I was like, very isolated because I'm doing a solo show. yeah <sighs> which is so weird. I've never done, I don't know how comics do that and especially to be totally gender stereotyping women who seem to need as a stereotype more community right men right do. yeah which may be one of the reasons that there's few- I had I've had this conversation with Caroline Hirsch of um, Caroline's several times and we're've we been were just sort of for years trying to have conversations to figure out like why you know the women aren't there just are less to choose from she's incredibly supportive you mean less women in comedy yeah
3: yeah and i, yeah.
4: I really this year i was like god i mean obviously it's difficult you're going out at night there's you know the i men can't audience i can't people.
0: imagine the little bit i've gotten to tour this last year with my show my husband comes with me because mm. he runs all the audio visual stuff <laughs> yeah, so and so that's wonderful i can't imagine being a solo 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 person out on the road yeah. And having to go to those comedy condos and, and do all that kind of world. I mean, yeah, uh, my dad protected me from that and I get it now. And I'm I, 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 it may be just because women are – we're just wired differently. And I, I think it's a much lonelier thing. I don't know.
4: And I've had broad comedy, which is my four women trou- – which is actually why I'm here. This weekend we're shooting a web series, which I'm really excited Yay! about. I'll tell you that later. And you know, I have them and we go – I meet them everywhere now, at least – I would say once a month. Mm-hmm. And I get so excited before I go. Like, I'm having, you know, a date off somewhere <laughs> in the world. It's just so nice to see them. And we're all backstage curling our hair together. As opposed to I'm backstage at Joe's Pub in New York, like, aww, And yeah. I'm, like, I'm curling my hair by myself and texting my girlfriends in this completely needy way, like, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> Anything interesting to tell me while yeah. we sit here? What do I do with
0: myself back
4: uh, here? Yeah, yeah. So, and intrinsically, I'm a theater person. I mean, I grew mm. up in, I, you know, I guess I'm see I'm learning all these comedy terms. I came up in theater. <laughs> I didn't come up in comedy clubs, right? You know? and, right. And so, with
0: theater, you're just. Like
4: uh, uh, there's, I mean, I never did a one woman show either, but you're surrounded by, I think people are drawn to theater because of the communal. It,
0: it is. It's like a family. Yeah. It's instant family. It's well, it's like being on the set of a TV show and, a, a, you know, a, or a film too. I mean, it's like this, this thing happens where you all bond over right. the holy shit of what's going on right you and know there's a little
4: fear involved which is always good for bonding yeah, yeah <laughs> but when you're by yourself backstage especially if it's like kind of a big deal or mm-hmm. you've got a producer in the audience that mm-hmm. night or like one night soren came out came backstage and he's like i never tell you who's here but i don't actually really matter but a uh, mind but he seems to sort of think i do or something but anyway he came back and he said Gloria Steinem, (laughs) like Kathleen Jimmy and oh God, I'm forgetting her name. Somebody else. And I was just like, Oh wow, okay. Mm. And so then, you know, you're backstage kind of pumping up by yourself too, Mm -hmm. which is also really, really hard. Do you
0: do you have any advice for that? Because I've been I've been trying to find I mean, I'm learning my way through this also and uh, trying to find my own routines backstage. Do you have anything you do that helps you ground or connect? Or- yeah, I mean
4: I run stuff run lines because mm-hmm. that's what you do in theater you yeah. know? or I sing and warm up a little bit I do not meditate and sit down. That's like the <laughs> no, death yeah. bell. Because then it's like, oh, hello, all the thoughts. Like, it's hard enough where you're sitting on a fucking cushion, you know, and it'd be like, now I'm watching them float by like a right. cloud. There's no floating no. before a show. No, no. <laughs> There's no. beta blockers before a show. <laughs> and actually, I will tell you, I did discover beta blockers, which are, um, they stop your adrenaline from building up. Right. And the only reason I took it is because as a... Music as a piano player. I never did it in theater. Mm -hmm. As a piano player, even if I'm not actually that emotionally nervous, there's some little adrenaline thing that kicks in. And when I do theater or with broad comedy, there's always like a Giant moving thing in the beginning, like a broad comic. We do a hip hop number in the beginning, right? Singing, right. So you get you're, that out, right? You're, but right in this solo stuff, I'm standing there with a the guitar. I'm sitting on a piano. There's nowhere for the violin to go except into my fingers, and they're shaking, and yeah. then I fall off the keys. Mm-hmm. So I started taking it, and it's awesome and i was like why didn't somebody ever tell me this part? and I, I learned it from like a violinist yes my know? friend
0: who's a violinist told me about it yeah. too yeah so
3: yeah i've never done that hmm. to <laughs>
4: yeah it's great i mean i don't take like a i'd be afraid to take something real like an anti-anxiety thing no I'd fall there's no show. way
0: oh, that would be bad my my memory is bad enough as it is right. at this age i don't need uh narcotics exactly
4: and like uh, all the comics um have a beer all these guys yeah. have a beer i I don't know. I mean, maybe women do, too. I've never really – I don't see any. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like the girl. But um, – and I couldn't do that either because I just get a little fuzzy.
0: I did it – the only time I've ever done a beer was we did the improv uh, a couple of months ago. Rick Overton has a um, – almost a weekly oh, – um, no, he has his own oh, thing it's called Rick Overton and Friends. Yeah. And they asked me to come up and do a story, and I decided to stretch myself artistically. I would do it off book. It was one I normally read. I do a reading oh, of, and wow. it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with my solo show. So I decided to go for it and just, you know, kind of tell the story, yeah. and, um, and I decided to have a beer beforehand just to relax myself. And it did work. Oh, it did yeah, it that's did. What you were say. <laughs> yeah. Because I was, it was all about. It was very low stakes, yeah. you know. And it wasn't right, like right, a, solo, right. I it wasn't do like doing too. my solo show. I could yeah, never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine. And now, of course, I'm not drinking at all, so that yeah. would cut that out. So. Oh wow,
4: well, yeah, I do that. I mean, I don't, I don't drink, but I do when when there's something that's low stakes, mm-hmm. I, and, and even sometimes medium stakes. I've been trying to do things more where I'm like, well, what would happen if I didn't run this song that right. I've done fifty thousand fucking times that I really should know. Yep yeah like let's see just walk in and do it and then i you know yeah no it. it's always the time when i run it a bunch that it, like it didn't come out yeah i'm going oh my god What? I it's just ran like this. getting
0: obsessed on the words and then the words don't yeah They're, they go somewhere Unless,
4: else i would say my only fear on the planet in terms of performance anxiety is forgetting and you know my song me too about
0: forgetting but me too. yeah what is that i'm terrified of it why are we absolutely terrified and, and- Last time I did my show, I completely got lost in a section that I've never gotten lost in. It's a really simple section. There's always sections where you're like, oh, Mm. there's that section. It's kind of a little iffy, Mm. but I know it, but it's iffy. Mm -hmm. This section, totally knew it. Suddenly, I found myself lost, and I had to get to a certain point because I have these cues, these visual cues with with, um, pictures and video. (laughs) And I knew I was lost, and I just looked at the audience, and I went all right, I am completely lost. I need to figure this out. And I looked back and I said, you know, to my husband, yeah. Bob, where am I? And he told me, <laughs> oh, "That's awesome." and I looked back at the audience and said, okay, let's start that section again. And the <laughs> walls didn't you. come down. Right. The audience now see what happened to me was I got in my head, this is my fear mm. that I am going to disappoint the audience and become an unreliable narrator
4: and, and that can happen, and that so can't. It's not based on right, fantasy, That's exactly. Right. And yet, what
0: most people in the audience saw was, "Oh, she's just human like me," yeah. and they like actually their hearts expanded more and had more room for Which me. Is
4: probably what your show already about anyway. It is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> just making that assumption. I can't wait to see it.
0: <laughs> so, but yes, this memory thing is. This is the big terror for me too. Yeah. Absolutely. And what's
4: really stupid about it is I improvise. In fact, we once did the mystery of Edwin Drood, and I went up on the lyric of the finale and the whole cast is standing in a giant arc looking at me Uh, that's like the choreography of it right like with their arms out and i made up the last (laughs) verse and we'd been doing improvised musicals for a while so i was like i got this and it fucking rhymed i was so (laughs) proud of myself and actually i will say just sort of spiritually or personal growth wise that that was a more wonderful experience than almost anything i went on with confidence um and I have been way less nervous about going up on stuff since yeah. then.
0: I I did uh, a show a couple of weeks ago. I did an essay about perfectionism. And I'm really starting to to deal with this. Because being on stage, the part yeah. of us that wants to be perfect, it's the part of us that's afraid to right. not right. remember right. our lines, right. Right. that we need to be perfect about it. And seeing that when we're not perfect, there is this opportunity for um, – God, just a lot of self-compassion and love. And then there is something about failing that creates confidence.
4: Yeah. (laughs) How weird is that? If you decide to pick yourself back up, for sure. Yeah, uh, Well, yes, of course. But I think there's some people who see that as um, a human failing as opposed to just an artistic momentary failing. Mm -hmm. And then they don't go on. And that's like, I used to to teach voice lessons when I was in college. One of the ways I made money was I taught voice lessons to people who were tone deaf. Hmm. I don't think I've even talked about this since then. It was like 20 years ago. Well, a little more than that. (laughs) Uh, And um, they would, every single one of them, first of all, I don't believe there really is a thing as tone deaf. It's just they don't know how to listen or they've been, they just feel bad about themselves and they can't do. So every single one of them had some horror story about the chorus teacher or the boyfriend or somebody who told them they sucked. Right. Like there wasn't anyone who just sort of didn't. learn tonality like a baby bird right, like they right. all had some reason and they mm. stopped and this is all like 10 years later they then came to me and they were like i really really want to do this but mm. i don't know how and and so, so i ended up being like a therapist i didn't even mean to and yeah. that honestly i really think that was my first sort of life coaching now yeah. that i think about it, it. sounds like it i was like 20
0: yeah wow, wow. that sounds powerful yeah, that's funny i really haven't thought about that since then yeah, my poor mom was tone deaf. <laughs> no, but she wasn't because she was an amazing pianist, right? And actually, had gotten so she- a full scholarship to study piano at Oberlin. Never went, but um, she was an amazing uh, yeah. pianist. And uh, but singing was she'd never made the connection. Yeah. yeah, which is interesting. Wow, that's interesting. So yeah, so that is I like that the difference you said between human failure and a momentary artistic failure
4: yeah and people sort of take it on mm-hmm. like there's something wrong with me
0: right the shame the shame, the shame thing it, which yeah. is because i'm broken and something yeah exactly there's i'm not i'm not yeah. okay i'm not
4: and i think actually just to segue back it, that common comedians are people who <laughs> um either <laughs> have had something broken or have had those <laughs> moments and they've decided to be funny about it and it sharing not I mean there's some people who are like just political right. um, and they never say anything personal whatsoever but even in the, they're they're destroyed on some level by what's going on mm-hmm. in the world politically or something and mm-hmm. they need to um, torque that back into a healthy way as opposed to just crawling under a rock
0: yes and, and right <laughs> into the fetal position mm-hmm. and
4: <laughs> and I do that too I mean that's that's the problem with so now When I ran a theater for 15 years, we did a lot of, like, Christopher Durang, David Ives, like, a lot of fun, great stuff, but it was not topical in the least. And then broad comedy, my women's... So broad comedy is, like, this four-woman troupe that I... My husband and I write and we created, and um, we... Do a new show every year. It's always right within like three days of the election, which sucks either side of the election. <laughs> I, I don't know why we always do it then. But so we're like, Soren and I go on this starting in August, like this news binge mm-hmm. for like three months to write this show. And then we try to make it so that the material will last. And I pilfer from it for my solo show too. But we try to make it so my, so the material will last. Through the year. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like war on women, little bit of specifics. About Todd Akin, that could be taken out and made about somebody else. You know right, I mean? so, right. But it's really hard. And after it, I swear to God, thank God it's like Christmas time or whatever after that and Thanksgiving because all I want to do is just like hunker with family and not read the fucking paper yes. and just I I just I feel so sort of like used up. Yeah, by it. And I I don't know how you know we you and I have some friends who do
0: like endless political endless con- political and humor like, yeah.
4: putting out content every few days and I'm just
0: like whoa yeah. I'm not in, really have to stay up on it. I, I'm just not that good of a citizen. I'm sorry.
4: <laughs> well, I think it's also like you and I, I'm just going to project onto you. Karen. Please do, please project on. you. Want. it's it, it's impossible to maintain that level of if you are compassionate about yeah. It. Like I, I mean, and again, I have no idea if this is a gender thing, and I don't want to make that assumption at all. But like, I really find that my more of my women friends are unable to sort of watch you know, uh, genocide and rape and everything mm. so consistently mm-hmm. without crawling into a hole.
0: Yeah, I think we, I mean, maybe it is a cultural thing or or not. I mean, like, like you're saying, who who really knows? But, you know, men have kind of easier access to the warrior and ener- the male warrior energy, the soldier energy, mm-hmm. the, the fuck you angry, mm-hmm. you know, like my dad did. My dad would get outraged and, yeah. and rage against the machine type of thing. And that only works so much for me. And and, yeah, my heart does break and I sit with it in a different way. Yeah. Um, but also I feel like, I don't know, I'm just a person who's making choices these days. Like, I watched Obama's State of the Union. Um, just, I wanted to watch it. I wanted to see him and, yeah. and what it was all about. I did, too. But I didn't feel as, like, rah-rah around it right. as, I, as I used to. And then I decided not to watch the Republican GOP report. Rebuttal because Aww. I because that I was the most
4: fun part of uh, all. I know. Well, <laughs> the
0: whole drinking thing yeah. was hysterical. No, it was just so. But horrible. the thing was, I you know, when I said to people, I said on Twitter, I, I wrote, "I'm pro-choice and I'm choosing not to watch the GOP rebuttal." <laughs> <laughs> so, and then yeah. everyone's like, "Oh, we put your head in the sand and not be informed." I'm like, "No, you I'm already s- know what he said." I'm like, "I'm sorry. Did yeah. we not just have an 18 month campaign? Right. I know what right, these right, people right, are right, going right. to say. Please, yeah, you, yeah. Know? You, you know." And I think that's part of it too. Is like it's like, I feel like, you know, I kind of check in with politics. And I know, I know the narrative that's going on. It's still going on. Nothing big is happening. That's different. Yeah. And then I got to go back. But I, you know, I'm also learning to like retreat and focus on my work and really get into my insides to do my work, you know.
4: And for me, I have to do so songs need to have longer legs because you cannot write. I mean, I can't. I mean, yeah, unless
0: you're writing week. a song a week. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So,
4: And I couldn't write anything I didn't want to hear. <laughs> so I have to make sure that it's a little
0: bit bigger. Picture. A little broader for yeah. you. Yeah. But
4: I've always been a big picture person because I find that so much more interesting. I was a philosophy major and when I went to go like apply for jobs I had my <laughs> girlfriend get the um, recommendation from my philosophy professor right. like on the slide because you're not allowed to get it yourself, right? Right. Pretending I was Because I wanted to know what I was sending out. And he, it was not that positive. First of all it was like not one of the best students. But then what was particularly funny about it was she always wants to get to the answers of the questions. (laughs) Mm. And I was like, in your face. I was kind of proud of that. I was like, well, yeah, because what...
0: Why why do we bother asking the questions?
4: I know. And these kids were... Everybody who was a philosophy major was like either going to be a lawyer or a philosophy professor. they, They were geniuses. I mean, just absolute geniuses in this class. And I was like... Well, that's why I took this class because I am really confused (laughs) and I want some goddamn answers to life. And then I went from that into um, Uh, sort of a long tour de force in kind of the new age world. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm from, and uh, my brother committed suicide, and then I was like really, really lost. And I wanted to sort of try to figure out what, um, I guess, what. what spirituality was, like what, because right. I grew up in a very atheist Jewish house. Right, right. I'm very cynical. Mom was a, um, is a uh, journalist and my mm-hmm. father was a surgeon. So on both ends, like science and skepticism. Right. So, and so
0: Healthy. you were looking for some other access mm-hmm. to meaning of yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
4: And maybe some God stuff in there, which I, is so complicated.
0: Yeah. It's a whole podcast. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we talk then, about it a lot here. Yeah,
4: yeah. And um, I mean, I'm definitely not a um, uber religious person at all. And I'm a pretty much, I'm more of an agnostic than an atheist. That's pretty I'm much just, who yeah, I am too. Okay. Yeah, the big I, mystery. I just hate the whole, like, we all know on either side. Anything, yeah, so. we don't know anything. And we I, don't know honestly, shit. Honestly, I just don't fucking care what the answer to that <laughs> is. But I do care when it becomes political. I really care.
0: I care people. too. Yes. yes. So
4: anyway, then, and, and then I just kind of backed off from a lot of that stuff and moved into Buddhism, mm-hmm. which was much more grounding for me. Um, and I like
0: that because there's no personal god or anything like mm-hmm. that. You know, the Buddhists get kind that of that was part of it. Yeah, yeah. it's kinda of more interesting for me.
4: Yeah. It was hard though. I find Buddhism just it's really, really What's
0: the hard part for you?
4: Well, sitting my ass in a chair. just to be honest, being but, still and quiet yeah, is difficult. Right. Yes, and and having the mice stop running around in my head is definitely,
0: definitely <laughs> or at least hard. just watching them run. <laughs> right.
4: We just got hamsters, and I'm like, I see why this is a metaphor. We <laughs> have the wheel, <laughs> and I'm like, God, is that what I'm doing? Do you know you know Martha Beck? Yes, she's a buddy of mine. We did some workshops together, and when I went the first time I met her, we went out to dinner, and uh, just to prep for the workshop we were teaching together the next day, and she drew me a picture of me on a fucking hamster wheel nice and, and she was like this is where you're and it, it, it meant a lot of things at the time of just like trying to get somewhere right without right. striving yeah uh-huh, exactly uh-huh. and and she was very funny sweet about it right and, it was, and right. i still have that damn thing but, it was like, <laughs> but i had never had hamsters until a month ago for my son and i was like oh my god i get it all night long yes. they're not going <laughs> anywhere but then the other part of that metaphor is they're having fun. I mean, it looks like it feels good to them. Right.
0: Right. For sure. That so is true. Like, There's a
4: piece of that. That's true. <laughs>
0: okay. I don't know where I was going
4: with any <laughs> yeah, Where were we? Where, where Buddhism, the hell were we? Oh,
0: hard. Oh, right. Right. Because sitting. Yeah. Sitting. Yeah.
4: Um, well, I think what's hard about it too is I am very, very heady and analytical mm. and it can trap you in that. Yeah. And it's, I, I think Buddhism in general and most of the Buddhists who've, I was about to say have gotten anywhere, but you know what I mean? our <laughs> um, like, the deal is to be intellectual at sometimes with insight meditation, but then to really, really get out of your, and yeah, not let that own you. Yeah. Um, so I haven't managed the second part very well. Yeah. You know? uh,
0: that ha- a hammering is my husband because he's oh. forgotten we're recording in here. <laughs> So uh, he's doing housework at yes, something so you have him to thank for. all I this, do, so. I do. So he can hammer, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> with I don't know mm. with the Buddhism thing. I um, I mean I think the Zen stuff is intellectually stimulating to me. I mean mm-hmm. Alan Watts is. Mm. I just thrive on that stuff. But what I've been studying lately is. The stuff called uh, the Big Mind Process with Genpo Roshi, mm-hmm. and
4: uh, oh, did you just interview? Yeah,
0: yeah, he's 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 been on my show a couple of yeah. times, and he uses the voice dialogue technique, you know, talking to your inner voices, right. uh, to actually to help you step into the mind of the Buddha. Mm-hmm. Also, not not just your inner child or the voice of mm-hmm. fear or whatever the voice is. He and he deals with all the Western psychological voices, but then he has you step into the mind of the Buddha, the voice of the Buddha and be in that space. And you like literally go right into the big mind space and your non-thinking mind comes and sits with you and you are it. And it's, I'm listening to your podcast on the plane. It's (laughs) pretty awesome stuff. Um, His, his work is amazing. And so I found, and he and I were talking because he's been a Zen master for thirty years and he's kind of had a fall and he's trying to be a human being again and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. And so I said, Well, what is all this transcendent stuff really then for? You know, and he goes, And I really think it he goes, I really think it's about the importance of it is about taking ten to twenty minutes, thirty minutes a day to unplug mm-hmm. from the hamster mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and to just give yourself the ground of being space mm-hmm. so that when you go back into the hamster mind and into the culture you have a little more space and perspective right. you know but he doesn't you know he's no he, you know he says i don't know anymore i don't know what it means to be a zen master or a teacher or even the word enlightened what does that that's mean that's good yeah, that, yeah. No, it's it's no, it's amazing you know <laughs> that he doesn't know yeah and and that and for decades he thought he was supposed to know and that oh, was that's the so ironic
4: for a Buddhist though
0: yeah well because he was the Zen master
4: right right so okay, even though he knew trap, he, right? even
0: though he knew he wasn't knowing yeah. because that was the ultimate Zen masters space yeah he felt that he was supposed to know yeah
4: and this Marianne Williamson talks about this all the time too and I have this conversation too about I had this conversation with her too about the the idea that you are that all, all of us in the I'm just gonna totally blanket statement here but um Anyone who's teaching anything is trying to learn it,
0: yes. on some level. Yeah. So that's why we're know. blabbing about right, it because we're right. trying to figure it out
4: totally. And sometimes, you know, we do meet some of the um, gurus, and they are completely nuts, and it's because they have come. I mean, but we don't know, but they've come so far, right? And they have learned so much. And I do feel like often I teach it better than i do it at first and mm-hmm. then i catch up with myself
0: because the yeah because you can kind of see the landscape mm-hmm. when you want to teach it and so you get the intellectual right you get all those little guys up in a row, and, right. Okay, that. that I,
4: you see somebody else doing it. Yes, like, I teach. Yeah. So I teach these workshops called improvisation for the spirit, or whatever. Fine, you're an fucking genius, whatever I call it. I have to change the branding <laughs> on it. Oh, I, please call it I, that. I, please call it. Find, you find your inner and Omega fucking genius. Will print that their, <laughs> their catalogs.
0: Fuck that! I'm opening a retreat center. We're doing it in my place. Okay, all
4: right. Um. And I get to, so I use the tool, I use improv games and exercises to help everybody just access all their shit, right? So it's, it's using the tools of improv comedy in everyday life. And it's very much like my book, or it came before my book. So Mm -hmm, the book mm -hmm. was trying to like create a solo experience off of these workshops. And so you have people who are, um, I mean, the thing that comes up right away for everybody is, um, (laughs) their shit. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if you know Sherry Huber, but she's a great Zen teacher. Yeah, I do she's know her. She's lovely. She was my teacher for a long time. And one of her things, I think even the name of one of her books was, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Mm. And it's really true for beginners. So when I take people in my workshop and <clears throat> and the, you know, the first, within the first uh, I mean, for me, within the first 45 seconds, I yeah. know what their thing is. Because I've. Yes. there's only a limited number of things. Yeah, it's <laughs> so true. You can see it. You can uh, feel it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's glaring. Yeah. And as soon as you point it out, they're like, oh, damn. <laughs> Actually. Busted. I know.
0: It was <laughs> and really relief. Funny. Yay. Right, right, busted. Because right. then
4: you can work on it, yeah. too. But, yep. but like you're saying, you see it out there and then and then it's so much harder to see it
0: yeah so of
4: course and i go back and I that's the blind occasionally, spot. right i occasionally read part of my a uh, little couple pages from my book before an interview or something if i'm they they're like let's talk about this chapter and i'm like first of all i'm like did i say that i just <laughs> have no memory of writing that wow i'm good <laughs> <laughs> damn i know my shit <laughs> and then like oh shit i haven't been doing that you know uh-huh. that happens like you sort of backslide yeah but i think one of the things that comes up right away for so many people and this is a little bit what um, Membership was that the is the inner critic thing. Mm-hmm. So you're, <clears throat> I mean, I guess that's just behind everything, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, so whatever the in Buddhism they call it self hate. In you know my in improv I'm, workshops I'm calling it the inner critic. Right. And then you have what I try to do is saboteur. Do- we call yeah, it coaching. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. And so to kind of name it, like you were saying, you picture being the Buddha, but the, in other ways too, to do it is where you like. I used to have an image of the inner critic being this, like, um, well, this one woman in my workshop, hers was much clearer, mine's just confusing. Um, Hers was like a buttoned up librarian
0: kind of mine was a nun with a big stick
4: oh wow okay well i'm jewish so i don't have that one
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: wow that's really
4: yeah authentic. it was very and clear a lot of people can understand yeah that image yeah my then we had the opposite so then we'd flip over and try to come up with like an inner coach or whatever the hell you want to call it yeah and that's not too cheesy and mine was like um uh oh crap what's his name from uh the birdcage the watermelon houseboy. <laughs> oh Yes, the God, one who doesn't my wear shoes. Actor on the planet. I know who. Um, just, yes.
0: Oh Jesus Christ. Oh God. Yeah, middle age. Yeah, right. Both of us her here. People, people. Everybody at home is like.
4: Um. And so he was just like completely fabulous. You look great. You're doing great. You know, like this whole <laughs> right. and that. To have like that kind of an image mm-hmm. helps me. Kind of what you're just maybe describing helps me in a very like modern, not wifty <laughs> and humorous way. Mm-hmm. Kind of like tag right into that. Um feeling mm-hmm. and also whatever you do i mean the whole thing with anything is the practice right so you're sitting there i need to be doing this but you're sitting there for 10 30,
0: 10 whatever, 20 30. 30 minutes depending um mm-hmm. and it's just getting easier and easier because you sit down your brain's like oh yeah we do this right mm-hmm. right oh we know how to get to that pathway yeah because we do it every day yeah it, it is a practice thing i mean it's mm-hmm. the same thing with writing if you don't do writing for a while and you sit down, you're like, um, I don't know if I know how to do this. <laughs> and then when it like, you know, like, uh, <clears throat> I'm working on an ebook right now and I remembered I was working on it two days ago and I was like, oh yeah, I remember a trick I used to do, which is don't finish the thing completely, like whatever, there's like oh, a yeah. section, like yes, keep it, I do that too. keep it open uh. so that you have exact, you know exactly where to start. <clears throat> yep. The next day or the next time you pick it up. Or leave
4: off it. For me, it's leave off at something exciting. Yes. Dramatic. Yeah. Visual. But leave
0: off somewhere mm-hmm. that you know exactly like what, like you can feel the energy pulling mm-hmm. you into it yeah. immediately. And I was so excited. I was like, oh yeah, that's going to help me. I don't, because I, but I'd forgotten that trick that I did for myself because yeah. I just haven't been sitting and, and working in that kind of way Oh, so
4: you're saying sorry I'm just so excited about the creative process but you're saying do it like in your spiritual practice as well so you leave off
0: no well no I'm just talking about like just in um, you're
4: in writing yeah, yeah just, just in writing. writing yeah Yeah. I'm just so okay so then I just extrapolated what would I wonder if there's a way that yeah, you do that in tr- sitting
0: in sitting it's all about closure yeah I don't <laughs> so know
4: like how could it be that you want to get back like for me I'm just having trouble doing it yeah committing to it um,
0: um, you know it, what is about that I was trying to th- man I was trying to think about this the other day but what is it that is you know we, we want to do these things we want to write we hey, want
4: area sorry
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's my thank life thank god right there. <laughs> thank god that came back thank god it makes you feel I'm like you're sorry. not completely insane when the, when the name comes back. So yeah. you, you have to share it. It probably it. makes you
4: feel not insane that I just did that. Totally. Kind of Thank okay. you. Okay. No.
0: Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> totally. Okay. But I was thinking about this the other day how, mm. okay, here's some things that we like, we know we want to do. We want to, we want to do meditation. We want to, we want to be a writer. You know, we work with, I work with clients all the time with this, you know, oh, I, I want to get to this, but they we're stuck and we can't get back into the role of it. Or we procrastinate with yeah. all this kind of stuff. And I thought, isn't that weird? Because these are the things that we sit around fantasizing that we want to be. That is not what the rest of the world wants us to be. It's like, you know, I want to be different. I want to be a writer. I want to be, uh, I want to claim this for myself. And yet then we put it in the the category of the should category, which for me is like what the, you know, your parents or the culture wants you to, you should be doing this. And I'm like, how does how do we get that so confused? I mean, oh, oh, right. you know, how do we take this thing that we want to do and it ends up in the should category and we end up having a relationship with it oh, that's interesting. that it's in the should category now, just like we would with like, you should brush your teeth or you should get a colonoscopy when you're, <laughs> you're 50.
3: <laughs> well, that was a little clarifying. <laughs> yeah,
4: so...
0: That's interesting.
4: So you're saying there's some point at which it goes from being like fun and joyful and easy, and then
0: yeah, and then somewhere in our yeah in our psyches, we some sort of human unconscious habit. It ends up in the should pile.
4: But is that because you're we're creating a piece of it that's a should? Like it starts out like I'm just. I mean, I'm not a painter, but I'm just painting this picture, and it's totally beautiful and joyful. And then it's like there's an art show. Yeah, I should get it ready. Right, it
0: becomes an idea. About why you're doing it, or or how you're how it's going to make you live into something, or yeah, so it becomes it becomes an idea, no longer an experience of something.
4: And I've never had that happen. I mean, maybe I'm being a little bit over extreme here, but I don't think I've ever really had that happen with theater Mm -hmm. for me and performance, like in rehearsal. It's the one place that um, I never dread
0: get the should yeah yeah the, the only part of it for me is uh, the writing once I sit down I'm fine but it was the memory the memorizing of my show I have a 90 minute show yeah see
4: that's I'm getting a shit about that
0: yeah and the memorizing I get it's I think because it's just so fucking boring yeah. I don't know <laughs>
4: not pee in 90 minutes Kelly <laughs> that's well we I'm, can only do a 75
0: minute I'm show. lucky that most of the time I do get a little intermission oh, in it. most venues okay, so but I have a
4: uh, video right but I
0: have to tell you in Toronto last time I did it Uh, uh, this was in September I did it without an intermission in Toronto and uh, right before the show I said to myself oh that's I don't really have to pee that's just a nervous pee you know the nervous pee which (laughs) is like you sit down and literally two drops come out and you're like okay (laughs) that was no pee at all so I thought to myself oh that's just a nervous pee oh 20 minutes into the show Oh, no. Oh, it was not a nervous oh, pee, horrible. and I started fantasizing because I have these video breaks right. from my dad's video, and I kept fa- fantasizing, like, going, fast. "How fast could I, I possibly run, run?" But the problem with this thing was there was no actual backstage backstage. Oh no, <laughs> there's always a cup. There was a cup, basically, <laughs> and I was like, "Would it make a lot of noise doing?" <laughs> right from the wings. Oh, that's <laughs> hilarious. So, of course, this was going on in my head while I was up on stage mm. doing this show. We've done the cup. I will, I will no, tell you. I will never. because we
4: end up getting hired at like these Planned Parenthood dinners, right. and it's like you're in the um, bus boys'
0: little right. closet, right? Exactly. Waiting to come home. And the bathrooms are like through the crowd. It's through the crowd, right. right? And you have
4: to change costumes. Right. Yeah. Um,
0: I got no shame. <laughs> it's showbiz, kid. <laughs>
4: Plus, get used to in, it. In Montana, our theater had you had to go all the way around through the lobby to go to the bathroom, and, and there's a nice little. Patch of hidden grass right at hey, the back door. Grass, I will take any <laughs> and a day of the week. Beautiful view, of the mountains. <laughs> and we're always like, this is the best outdoor therapy ever. Okay.
0: That'll ground you a little bit. Totally. Pee on the earth before yeah. you get on stage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
4: Looking at the mountains. I do miss that actually. <laughs>
0: oh my god that's funny Because there's alleys in new york i, I
4: go yeah. warm up in the alley and there's literally rats and i've taken pictures and sent them back to like my friends in la and all these nice places <laughs> where they have beautiful theaters and i'm like and eh, here's where i'm warming up
0: <laughs> here's my little audience mm-hmm. backstage <laughs> oh my god wow so i don't even know where we are yeah. now because i think we started talking about broad comedy or something and i don't know how we got here but who cares? Um, <laughs> Uh, What was it like for you? I mean, besides the being backstage and being a solo artist now, but now being on stage alone for you, what have you learned from that experience? Besides the lonely part? Um, (laughs) Yeah, besides the lonely part.
4: (laughs) Well, I really feel like I can kind of count on myself more. Like there's definitely a lot of um, confidence. Absolutely. Hmm. That I can get through an hour and a quarter, no matter what. In fact, I've been sick. Hmm. I've been nauseous. I've been um, exhausted you know I have yeah. flu coming on like all these different things and and you just and you, just and you do kind it of, we yeah. call it the magic of theater it's true and, although the I adrenaline of, of theater yeah but I've, but if you take beta blockers you don't get that oh damn <laughs> so a couple times I've come off I was like there was no magic of theater <laughs> but you just kind of keep going and also um let's see I think the other thing is here's the really big difference Kelly is the having being even with broad comedy I did do some solos to the audience, Mm -hmm. but the majority of the pieces were musical numbers, like original satire, and then sketches.
3: Mm -hmm. Like what
4: we're shooting this week and is um, these park bench sitting moms. Like it's kind of Sex in the City, but soccer moms. And they're talking about sex on this park bench. And it's all very highbrow, juxtaposed with the fact Aren't oh, they're talking about sex. Right. Like, like, what is it? You know, uh, like, it's totally sexist that there's no great words for a blowjob for women. You know, like this <laughs> right. whole, like, intellectual conversation. Right. So anyway, I, don't, I went off on a tangent there because I'm excited about doing this tomorrow. But um, so we're, uh, we're basically doing theater and there's a fourth wall. And so the whole, like, busting the shit out of the fourth wall thing mm. is so new to me. Mm. And I've never been heckled. Mm-hmm. And I'm still not really heckled because I'm in sort of classy places. And I think people take one look at me and they're like, don't heckle the poor girl. You know? but, um, but a little bit, you know, and I, right. it's not like I don't know how to deal with it because I improvise all the time and I MC, So I've had that. But like, you can't really get heckled in the middle of a song and keep going, especially if there's accompaniment. It's like, yeah. mean, you can keep going, but it's really difficult because... Yeah you can't stop to respond. Right. And I was doing um, the song that I did in the green room. Um, These are the things I can't fucking remember. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I hadn't done in a while. And I had some college friends there, like from college and they were in the audience. And uh, I, and the line is, these are the things that my 40 year old brain just can't recall. And he yells out, Forty-three, because he's my age, from- <laughs> and it's so through me. Like no one's ever shouted in the middle of a song, and it was my buddy. I was, so I just completely cracked up, and we had a great time. And I just we kept, I kept going, and it was totally fine. Yes, but in theater, you never break. You're no, so trying not to break. Yeah, so it's all kind of like, and then looking, staring at the audience for the entire yeah. hour, fifteen. I'm not. I am me. Mm -hmm. I am not playing a part. I cannot hide behind playing a part. If I say something stupid, I said something stupid. If I delivered it badly, I can't like in the next line be like, oh, that's just this dippy character. Mm -hmm. It's like Katie was just moronic. So Mm -hmm. it's so much more um, revealing, so much harder, Mm -hmm. so much harder. I just Mm -hmm. can't even believe how much harder it is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I don't think I'm um, sort of like long term. I'm gonna to have to keep doing both. I don't think I could just do communicating with the audience because I'm uh-huh. so fascinated by story uh-huh. and yeah. character. Yeah, and, again, working with other people to yeah. have both is really good. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I think that's I think that's cool. Definitely.
4: Yeah. How? Are, what about you with your solo?
0: You know, it's all I really. It's all. You've it's all done. I've done. Yeah. I, I did a show eleven years ago, very briefly, but this show now I've done it quite a, quite a bit yeah. in the last eighteen months, and it's all I know. It's memoir. I and know. it's memoir, and it's my family. I mean, I do have my dad on stage because his videos are on stage. <clears throat> we play videos, and yeah. then I tell stories from our life, and um, and I do I'm narrating, and then I'm in a scene where mm. I'm actually the I'm the little girl version of myself, where I play my mom or I play my mm. dad, and um, but it's it it took me. Um, P- Paul Prevenz is my director, so oh, yes, oh, yeah, that's yeah, and so one of the hardest things during rehearsal was not me jumping into like the big emotional moments where my parents are like brandishing knives at each other and insane on cocaine and stuff like that. It was coming out at the very very beginning um, we start the show with my dad does a bit uh, in his last show about it's really not hard to raise a kid. All you do is you stick him out on a corner, leave him there for two weeks and if he's still there, when you come back, you've got yourself a stupid fucking kid <laughs> and then I walk out and I say I'm his kid. <laughs> And that was the hardest thing oh, for me was wow. just to come out and to face the audience yeah. for the first time and say, I'm his kid. That he just made that. He, right. And he just made is. that thing about and or, yeah, that, you know, and. Um,
4: full on. You start the show with that? Yes.
0: yeah We start it's the good show. Good to with. get that out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And, um, and it's it, <laughs> but fantastic. just to be that vulnerable, because the, yeah. the thing you're saying is there's nothing between you and the audience. There's nothing there, even right. though I'm. Even though yes it is ultimately a stage persona and you are on a stage and you are and there's a lights on you and it's a false context there is so much energy with eyes coming mm-hmm. at you the person that it it took me a couple of weeks and some crying rehearsals <laughs> just to be able to not be completely terrorized by that and then it took me about 6 months of doing the show and I probably did it about 6 or 7 times in that 6 months to get over literally the terror of just walking out on that stage and being me you yeah. know now when i walk out there i i'm like okay this is my show and i know what i'm doing and right. yes i'm afraid of not remembering at all but um you know i've, I've done I'm it enough of who you are yeah and i and i and i've got a sense of confidence yeah. now you know but um it is it's very yeah. intense out I there I had a
4: very similar experience except it wasn't me and i was hiding behind it but um i wrote a monologue the first night I was ever away from my kid after like six months and I went and stayed with a girlfriend overnight and I woke up unfortunately six in the morning like the one time you can sleep late <laughs> right. and I wrote this monologue like in one straight shot and I've never done that before and it's about a mom and she's um, out on a, a uh, oh, she's at a cocktail party talking to a pregnant woman about how great pregnancy uh, having a baby is. But it's awful. And she's just going about how it fucking sucks. And it's this whole horrible thing. And the sort of the buildup in the middle of it is sometimes you just want to take him by the leg and swing him round and round till you get enough momentum to just launch over the porch railing. But you just can't do that. And it's this really horrible mm-hmm. thing to say. Mm-hmm our culture is not okay with moms being (laughs) angry and not. And honest about their frustration. And I'm, and I made somebody else do the monologue. So Kara goes out and I remember the first night I'm sitting back there like, someone's going to call social services, Mm. child protective services. Yeah. And I, and then there was this huge laugh. Be- partially because all these other parents are like, oh, yes! oh thank God somebody <laughs> said it and I didn't have to. Yes. And that was like that mm-hmm. moment, what you just had. Mm-hmm. That was my
0: mm-hmm. thing like
4: that. Like, okay.
0: Right. Uh, totally, naked. Me. totally naked. Totally yeah. naked.
4: And yeah. it does feel fantastic. Now, here's the crazy thing, though, I think, especially in terms of like what I'm teaching, too. Like if we weren't accepted for it mm-hmm. <laughs> by anyone, would we still be doing it?
0: It's a very tough question. Yeah. But yeah. Like it's a chicken and the egg kind of thing there.
4: And I teach.
0: We do it, anyway. that do it anyway. You do it anyway. We do it anyway.
4: That's not entirely honest. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, here's the thing too, though, is that if you're a performer, you need an audience.
4: Right. You're not going to do it in your room.
0: Right. You're not going to do yeah. it in your room. And in order to have an audience, you have to be saying something that an audience ultimately is ready to receive. Mm-hmm. It is a conversation yeah. no matter what. I mean, yeah. art is a conversation. And you can do it in your home, and there's people who do that, and you know, and people who paint and are never known, and maybe they're known after they're dead or something like that. But, 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 you know, there it is a conversation, and, and you, when the audience likes it, it gives you more confidence right. to do more, and then you ultimately, hopefully, get another audience to do it in front of you know so it it is symbiotic you know and
4: comedy is so immediate I yeah mean, compared to drama i did drama for a long time and then i just got really bored by it and when i first had comedy i was like oh damn i'm getting feedback right away <laughs> yeah. and for better for worse yes, you know? exactly. and it's not always true sometimes the audience is holding back they're sitting next to their mother-in-law true. yeah um sometimes they're just tired it's a friday night yeah. so you have to like i feel like you have to take sort of like a 10-year scope of yes. the material to see what is the truth about it yeah It'll, you know there's very rarely are there jokes i have a few of them and i use them really carefully placed where every single time they hit because mm-hmm.
0: you're like okay i gotta make sure there's, there's the one. It's coming right it's there coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i need something to hang on right there exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true yeah my show I, I don't have a lot of big laugh moments i have a few and it's very you know mostly poignant and pretty serious um but i have a couple of those and and you know, there was one night in Toronto. The fr- it was a Friday night, actually. The audience was very tired, and Canadians are a little polite anyway. <laughs> and no one was really laughing, even at my dad's stuff. It was like, and once I knew when the dad videos would come up, and the audience was just very low energy. I was like, okay, good. I don't have to take this
3: personally
0: <laughs> 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 because George Carlin can't even make. Them laugh. <laughs> yeah but I know yeah. they were listening. There is a whole different audience you know when you do poignant stuff and i've because I do poignant stuff mostly yeah. uh, you learn to feel into a listening audience mm-hmm. when you say poignant what do you mean like I mean you know not i don 't do comedy i mean it 's not what i do i oh, do oh, oh. I do storytelling. Yeah. you know and it 's mostly pretty serious stuff and you know, I always tell people, you will cry at my show. Mm. You will laugh, but you will cry. Mm. Trust me. Uh, and and just learning and, and comics have such difficulty because I have a friend who uh, has a salon here in town and she invites comics to come and tell stories and not necessarily the funniest stories, any kind of story. And they feel so uncomfortable if there's a minute or a minute and a half and there's, there's no, no laugh. Yes. Yeah. 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 I don't have that. I don't. I'm lucky. I don't. I don't have the dependence on that, but I do. I do love making people laugh. So. Yeah,
4: I do feel like it's it's calm when I get to do something that's or write, especially when I blog for the Huffington Post. And it, they're mostly trying to be have some humor mm-hmm. in them, but sometimes they're not. Yeah, and um,
0: it's always like well, that was an easier day. <laughs>
4: like, <laughs> kind of a relief every now and then. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, I, yeah. I find it like for me, the comedy has to come pretty organically. I can't write fun I don't mm-hmm. feel like I write funny and I just write me and some yeah. days I'm in a funny mood and something
4: ironic it's just the, Yeah
0: I yeah. mean Twitter's actually taught me to be to write stand up jokes like because you have 140 oh God, characters too.
4: I know Yeah
0: it's been a really Horses. great training yeah yeah. It, yeah it's been cool
4: Yeah hard the uh, the other thing I was going to say about YouTube and stuff is that it um and Twitter but mostly YouTube is you and Facebook, you get back such um, skewed feedback. Yeah, because yeah. it's only the people I, think, I ignore it. on either end. Yes, either they love it or hate it. Yeah, you don't get the middle. 'Cause they don't bother to they respond because they're not moved. So it's like this manic depressive response. <laughs> and it's really hard to make any judgments
0: on your work. Well that see, way. yeah, you can't. And that's for me like as from like a Buddhist stance, it's like it's all illusion. Yeah. Whether they love you or they hate you, it's all an illusion. <laughs> anyway. And don't right. listen to it because <laughs> Yeah, you, I don't think you can get a real understanding no. of an audience.
4: But also with a live audience, when you were saying that you stand there and you're looking at them all stereo, all those eyes, mm-hmm. um, that is also pretty new for me. And a lot of my life, the um, spaces I've worked in, the lights are in my eyes anyway, so I can't see past maybe the front row. Right. If I could yes. See. Yes. So I just pretend I'm, <laughs> I'm. they're not there. I'm like known it's in really the shower. Easy. Yeah,
2: it's really <laughs> easy. To... No, I
4: don't want them there. But, um, it, it the, with the, One of the things I have is like a, um, I've been a director in theater for so long that I have an editing eye, mm. which is not helpful because I look for what's not working. Mm. And I really have to remember to say to actors like, oh, that was great. Can you do that line? That was just... You totally nailed it because, and try to explain why, so they can still do it. But I used to, especially in my twenties, I was always just picking at the things that weren't working in like a type A, overly efficient way. We only have a little bit of time. <laughs> Let's I'm get through a, this, people. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Not a good. Uh, doesn't it doesn't, yeah, it? doesn't yeah? <laughs> doesn't
0: breed confidence yeah, exactly. in the room,
4: right? So I learned not to do that, but I still have a touch of that on myself. Mm. So when I go, and my husband and I have worked together for twenty-four years, so we're at the point where like. It's okay if we just do that because we both don't have a lot of time. Yeah, you've got short, and we short are, cuts. Yeah, we've got shortcuts. And we also know like that we like each other's work. So right. Like, whatever. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. It's great, honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let me tell you what's not working. <laughs> but so I still have that part of my brain. So I look out at that audience and I, my brain goes to... <laughs> the guy who's not smiling (laughs) the lady who's got her head cocked like i and i have to force myself to look at the people mm, who are laughing and smiling and mm. actually connect with them because the person who is not smiling doesn't really want me looking at them anyway they're like back
0: off it and you but you know what i've learned about the person that's not smiling they're probably in their head having Mm. their own experience totally and it's probably a really a rich deep experience yeah Yeah.
4: soren does not smile or laugh at anything out loud right unless destroys him in a right great way. So i sit next to him at things and I look over. He's got like this concentrated face. You
3: know? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so
4: glad I'm not on stage seeing him. But um concentraty face. You know what I mean? Yes, and and totally. I, he's afterwards he's like, that was awesome. I loved it. Hilarious. Everybody, and you're like, but, but you look pain. I know. Yeah. And he does that in rehearsal too. oh that's so funny I, I have learned that there's mm. people, like you said, they're just having they are. Experience. They have this
0: deep experience. Yeah. And always shock. It's like, like oh see i'm projecting all my shit on the audience right, right, right. totally and
4: i'm so compassionate for my friends <laughs> that i'm a huge laugher like people should a, hire me yes I mean, i'm
0: a big laugher <laughs> too yep. you can hear
4: me and all my friends like cds <laughs> <Right>.
3: <laughs> totally. in the back
0: <laughs> yeah you know and um, what's one of the things i've been learning about because i've i've had very little performance experience in my life i mean i've it's so funny dreamt of it for decades yeah and now i'm actually Getting oh, some stage so time, which yeah. is really, which yeah. is really cool, and and it's changing my experience of watching American Idol. I want to have to talk about that another time. <laughs> anyway, um, and I was watching uh, Smash last night. Changed my experience of that too. Very interesting. <laughs> but um, one of the things I'm learning about that when I'm in my head thing on stage, maybe looking at the audience or like wondering why aren't they laughing or you know or how's it going or all that kind yeah. of stuff. Learning to really connect to my body now on stage mm-hmm. and be in my body because um, the uh, what I've learned, fascinatingly enough, is the more I go and feel and be within my experience on stage, the more the audience is actually drawn into the actual experience because mm-hmm. I'm storytelling. Mm-hmm. So, um, Because what I was doing at the beginning when I was feeling that the audience wasn't connecting, whether I was wrong or right about that, was I was like trying to energetically lean out there and pull oh, them onto yeah. the stage with me, <laughs> and I would get off stage and I would be exhausted, and, and Paul totally. would say to me, "Kelly, you're doing ten times more work than you need to be doing," yeah, and I'm yeah. like, "Really? I, but wow, do you do what I mean, you know?" And he's like, "Just you need to just be here, and people will fall into you. Like, be the magnet. Oh, Don't be, no, yeah. yeah." And and so I, this is the new thing that I'm really playing with and loving Mm. to play with because it's something that I can give myself an instant note on stage with which is like connect to your body kelly where are you feeling this moment and in, in, you know in the story that's
4: great i don't think i really do that <laughs> like i focus a lot on my voice especially if it's tired like of how to support it so i don't crack well yeah
0: you're singing like i mean that's a whole i'm yeah, guessing so
4: that's technical i yeah. don't really want to be in it, my technical head mm. i think that's not good mm. but um and i do spend a lot of energy just sort of like Are we all here in the room together? Are we on the Mm, same page? mm. And I also get where I get like, (laughs) I'm really raunchy and I'm really political and I believe in both those things, but I, I'm not that way, like at a cocktail party or a dinner with friends, parents. So I have that friends, parents thing in my head a lot, which Uh, is like, am I offending people? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I, (laughs) I get worried. Not what they think of me, but that like I've upset them somehow. Right.
0: Like, so you're wanting to take care of the audience. I'm wanting to. T- oh, nice with the uh, life coach. that's a lot of work. That's so funny because I don't think I really want to take care of anybody else in no, my life. I like, know you don't. That's not my thing. I anywhere know. Else, yeah, and yet that's a lot of work because you're doing your work totally. and you're taking care of the oh, audience. that's
4: So good. Oh, yeah. You're good. Thank you. <laughs> I'll <do a> check. <laughs> By the way, it's all Paul's fault that I'm doing a um
0: solo show because it's uh, always his fault he uh, comes fucker. up with these ideas uh, I know
4: He's like you need to be doing a solo show mm-hmm. and I was like no 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 I don't I don't he's like yes 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 I know and then like three months later I'm doing it and I <laughs> called him I think I texted him actually from backstage on opening night I was like you fucker <laughs> I'm having a I hate you day. right now this was before beta blockers too <laughs> <laughs> I was like <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm that is really interesting you know it's so fun having other people call you out I was um, when uh, Martha Beck who I read I just respect her so much because I really feel like she knows what she's doing on so many levels and she's really funny and doesn't take herself seriously and when we did this workshop she actually played too she played the improv game she loves improv and she and again 35 seconds in I'm like oh she feels responsible for the entire scene like it was just so so obvious Mm -hmm. to me because I've seen that so many times And so, you know, we, I stop a lot at the end or in the middle or whatever. And I'm like, okay, what was going on for you right in that moment? Because you didn't let anyone get a word in edgewise and that's not a problem. But the thing is, it looked like you thought that was your job and to, to make sure that nobody else had to, had to work that you were taking care of. And she was like, Oh no, it's the pirates who don't do anything, which is her. Do you know that song? No pirates who don't do anything. Uh, You're lucky. (laughs) A 10 year old, you know, it, Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's, um, her, she says it's her family entirely, which was like mm-hmm. her family didn't do anything. And she had to sort of take care of yes. everybody. Yes. And, uh, caretaking. Right. But yes. it's so wonderful to have, I mean, it was, she appreciated it that and it yeah. made me realize that like even someone at her even more the back of course, of course. <laughs> and i have it happen everything i do i'm taking improv um right now at ucb and i haven't even taken at upright citizens
0: Breakout, right New York.
4: i haven't taken improv in 20 fucking years and i was i have to admit i was a little like i know this what i'm i wrote a book this, about this <laughs> the book, bitch. <laughs> but then i i knew better than beginners mind that conversation right, right of yes. course like, yeah. i definitely like when i signed up going okay yeah, and suck it up. And my teachers are awesome. Oh, I bet they're so great. The whole theory there is, um I got your back, mm. and that makes wow. everyone who is an asshole basically leave this company and plant and and community. Yes, and only nice people stay. I swear to God. And maybe I've met the bad ones. <laughs> the yeah, the one asshole so lurking. Great and supportive. And my teachers were calling me out on like bad habits, things that like. Like one thing I kept doing, and I think it's sort of a theater thing more. Uh, I was asking questions all the time of my scene partners, like and having them
0: to met, then come up with answers. So that was yeah, punting yeah. the
4: responsibility on them. Yeah. And it's um, not because I couldn't come up with. It. I had no fear at all of adding material mm. to a moment or a scene. Mm-hmm. But it was just such a theater, natural acting thing to do. It's what people do in real life. They mm-hmm. constantly entice the other people out. And I think I was like, try- oh, maybe I was taking care of them. I was like trying to bring them in. Although it's exactly not taking care of them,
0: right? Because you're handing. Them all. Yeah.
4: <laughs> right. But I was like, I was almost like trying to give opportunities for uh-huh. I'm a teacher, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway, so it was really helpful. Fascinating. Have, yeah. So it's just nice to have somebody who is standing outside, and that's why one has a therapist. Yeah. yeah
0: okay. It is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're that's I mean, outside. because your unconscious is your unconscious. Mm-hmm. That's why it's your unconscious. <laughs> it's not conscious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can't oh. see it. I know. It's so <laughs> frustrating. Um, I'm excited because in a couple of weeks I'm doing a local show here. It's called TMI and it's focused on Hollywood and entertainment stuff. It's a sketch show. But it's like Saturday Night Live and they have a guest host. So I'm gonna be the guest oh, okay. host that week, but I get to go in and like kinda they've picked my brain about ideas and characters that I wanna do and things in my life that I hate and Hollywood and things in Hollywood that I hate. Um but oh. I haven't done sketch oh. in a million yeah. gazillion years. I mean, I did Viola Spolin theater games for 3 years, studied that and did a little groundling stuff also, but have not done it so and and I've been kind of a solo person, you know, doing the solo thing and hiding in my house for many years. So I'm uh-huh. I'm excited but kind of terrified, sure, but yeah. I love that um It's memorized. I've got No, yeah, it is. It's going to yeah. be memorized. It's going to be like a, an SNL kind yeah. of a thing. It's an hour-long uh-huh. show and uh uh, I, who knows? I, I'm just gonna. I just want to go and have okay. fun.
4: Yeah, you got to bring your show to New York. Have <gasps>
0: you? We are actually looking for a theater right now, and I'll be there in the fall. Oh,
4: that's right. You and I are talking about that. On the yes. Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. See what yeah. yeah. Like. And um, Rain, you've seen her show. I have not seen oh. her show. <clears throat> well, there's obviously a lot of similarities. Oh uh, yeah. Walking <laughs> out and being like, and here's me, The, yes. <laughs> the result of this.
0: Yeah, and she's yeah. been doing her show a long time, and she's she's you know evolved a lot with it in yeah, over wonderful. 10 years and stuff like that so yeah. oh, really? yeah 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 she was doing it almost t- I was in grad school when she was doing it and my neighbors came over and like oh do you know do you know Richard Pryor's daughter Rain Pryor and I'm like yeah I've heard of her name like, she's got this amazing one-woman show and I had Done a one woman show right before I went to grad school and kind of gave up on that in order to go to grad school. And so at the time I was like, "Yeah, can't go there, can't Mm -hmm. do that." Too envious. There was just she was doing what I wanted to be doing (laughs) deep down inside, but I was on a different track for a while. So, but she and I are good buddies. No, I know you are. Yeah, and she and I hung out after. I can't wait to. to to Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to. She's so. She's amazing. Well,
4: she you can see like that. uh, That was last spring, and I had only been in New York for a little while and doing all these comedy clubs and and and. Rain, the only other time I had seen her perform was Lee Camp had a, um, he, I had a CD recording mm-hmm, show and mm-hmm. Rain and I both opened for him so I saw her do stand-up right so that's I kind of thought that's what she was doing and I didn't really understand yeah. then I didn't know her that well and then I went and saw this and I was like oh damn because oh, it's sh- like you can see her, um, her, her char- acting her like, characterization yeah. is oh,
0: phenomenal unbelievable I mean when she plays her daddy's mama and
4: the mama both mom, both grandmas <laughs> yeah. are just yeah. stunning yeah she's uh, yeah. and even the girl in high school that character that she plays too but anyway just, it was just really funny and it made me go okay yes we are Or theater people. And that's what we went out and talked for two hours about. Like, how do you be theater people in a comedy world, too? Yeah. It's really tricky. Yeah. And most of my comedian friends, it's interesting how Never the Twain shall meet a little bit because they're, most of them have, I don't know, like, actual statistics, but of my friends, most of them have not done theater. Zero. Dabbled in improv. done a yeah. commercial and, or
0: something. Right. And, so, and some do like, I mean, like Prevenza was an actor. That's right. You that's know, right. That, that, but, there's, but that's that's pretty rare, actually. Yeah. And,
4: and be good at both. Like, yeah. And,
0: and, and for me, it's like, you know, theater and transformational work and all of that. And I feel, but the comedy world has been so inclusive with me and loving to mm-hmm. me but I don't naturally fall into that category, which would be like, yeah. for me, it sometimes feels like, oh, it'd be so much easier if I could just say I'm a comedian, because then I would just <laughs> show oh, up and I do mean. these, yeah, just do these comedy <laughs> things. I know, me too.
4: I'm like, but what? You there's need a guitar? What? Yeah, there's no
0: pile for me over here. <laughs> yeah. Spiritual, soulful, transformational, funny, storytelling, acting girl.
4: I, I'm almost so curious, and I feel like you, me, and Rain should sit down sometime and just have a whole podcast about this. But I, I wonder, too, about the parent piece of it because mm-hmm. like I definitely did not go into journalism like my mom right intentionally yeah I mean I'm a writer
0: yeah you're very politically aware I'm you're very aware of the world on
4: stage but it's yeah. really not I like did not want to I I mean I, conscious or not yeah I, I did not want to sort of
0: follow foot and I and never ever 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 wanted to be a stand-up yeah. comedian I, mean, I wanted to be Lily I wanted on... to be Lily Tomlin you yeah. know <laughs> or Ruth Draper or you yeah. know someone like that or even you know Lorraine Newman on SNL but never ever stand-up community right. never even crossed my mind ever so yeah I don't know
4: yeah and also like my sort of love hate of reading the news probably <laughs> Sorry, <Mom. laughs>
0: yeah it's pretty interesting oh my lord we're running out of time here we are just we're just Gabby. a little two little chatty Cathy's here today Gabby. Uh well, this has been fabulous. So fun. Yes. And uh I'm not gonna promote anything for you because this one well are you doing anything in March, like late March? Yeah, because yeah, I'm gonna yeah. have this on. I'll be,
4: I'm ongoing in New York at the at stage seventy two, mm-hmm. which is a cute I told you about this. I did see that. I think it's a little too cabaret, cabaret for me. Yeah. Cabaret
3: for
4: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um but they do one person shows there. And then uh Joe's Pub. That sounds very, like a cool space. Very too. cabaret music yeah. Yeah. swanky.
0: Yeah. Um
4: and then I'm gonna be in Edinburgh <sighs> in August. I may go to Galway
0: Check with my show. Check in on me
3: week three. Yes. <laughs> <I'll
0: listen laughs> well, my if the shit. tweets will get an interesting, <laughs> yeah. more and more interesting <laughs> <Four> in the <laughs> morning I,
3: with Paul. <laughs> exactly,
0: Paul and Barbara. Yes. Oh my god! Oh my what god!
4: What a totally bacchanalian thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, thanks for being here. Oh,
4: thank you so much. It's fun. Keep this dog bed open for me. I'm moving in right now.
0: Uh, okay, that'll there. be uh, yeah. that'll be. it. we'll put a little plaque next to okay. it. Okay, Let's good. Complete. All right, bye. So that was uh, Katie Goodman and I chat, 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 chatting, doing our chatterific deliciousness of the chatty girl thing. Love Katie. Love, love, love her. God, she's just, I don't know. I wish she lived in LA because then we could hang every single day. la ti da ti da But no, she's in New York, whatever. Uh, so anyway, uh, you guys, uh big stuff going on for me this Sunday. I will be at Second City doing sketch comedy. We did read-throughs last night of the sketches. We read through 50 sketches last night. I think they're picking somewhere between 20 and 23 sketches. They're very quick. It's a great show. It's called TMI, which is a take off on TMZ. So it's all Hollywood celebrity stuff. I will be playing myself in a couple of scenes. I will be playing Joan Rivers, I believe, in a scene. I will be playing a crazy corporal in a scene about Justin Bieber. It's really fun stuff. They're very, very talented people over there. It's $5. It's at 7.30 Sunday, March 10th at the Hollywood Second City Theater right there on beautiful Hollywood Boulevard. Right near Wilcox. You just step over the, um, the homeless men. Bless their hearts. Give them a dollar if you're going to step over them. Uh, but I do recommend avoiding the urine. Um, you know, that's just not good. Uh, and so come see me there. And then later this month, a Carlin Home Companion is um, moving. We've moved to the Acme Comedy Theater, which is on La Brea. Beautiful theater ninety nine cedar kind of a place uh, would love to see you come out. Uh, twenty five dollars for more than ninety minutes of entertainment. It's the the minute per dollar amount of entertainment for that show. I mean, even within each minute, the entertainment is deep and thick. People. I mean, I really. I it's it's good, rich, comfort food uh, type of entertainment. You get your money's worth. Uh, come out and see me talk about oh how my parents met and how my dad thought the sun had exploded and the crazy music my dad made me listen to and. And uh, the, the one thing that Dad and I could not agree on, even in the end... Hmm, mystery come see me there i would love to have you all come see me and logan what are you up to this month are you doing anything
1: so much is going on i'm gonna be at uncabaret and i'm gonna be at the m bar and i'll have dates for you probably next week
0: uncab that's so fabulous with beth lapidus her fabulous show downtown la and the m bar Hmm, m bar very nice uh okay so everyone you guys have a great week uh and uh be kind to your loved ones pet your pets That's why, is that what we call them pets? Because we pet them? I'm wondering, that would be a question my dad would ask, wouldn't it be? I wish he was here. Uh, And um, I want to thank Logan. Thank you, Logan, for coming out today. And uh, I want to thank our new reporter, Happy Go Fuck Yourself. She's fabulous. We'll have her back. And uh, thank everyone at Smodcast. Smodcast. I'm sorry if the feed went down and you didn't get all the feed if you were listening live, but you're listening now and it's in the archives. You're in the comfort of your home well, even though you were before, or maybe you're jogging, or maybe you're in the car, who knows where you are, but you're listening to me. Thank you so much. And if you want to support our fabulous work here at waking from the American dream, please go to my website, kellycarlin.com. Go to the waking the American dream tab. Check us out, hit the PayPal button, you know, send five, twenty-five, fifty thousand $50,000, whatever you feel comfortable with billionaires. We're good with whatever it is. We love you all. And support our work here, keeps the lights on, keeps the gas in the car, and uh, it keeps Happy Go Fuck Yourself very happy. She needs to be happy. Uh, That's it. So uh, leaving the show here today, we're going to play a lovely new song that we have here by a band called Terrible Button. Funny, funny name for a band. Fabulous. And uh, their song is called Mother's Medicine Enjoy.
5: Smodco Internet Radio broadcasts the free funny. But you can broadcast your Smodco love with merchandise: Shirts, posters, comics, memorabilia, and more. Jandsilentbob.com is your hub for comic book men, secret stash, and Kevin Smith's cinematic catalog. It's an online one-stop shop that fulfills your need, minus the weed. Jandsilentbob.com. Book market, berber. Hey man, one more whorish little beat if you don't mind. Jay and Silent Bob super groovy cartoon movie uh is coming your way. If you go to csmod.com slash groovy movie. You can see all the dates where it's going to be playing. And as of Friday, uh, March 1st, you're going to be able to see the trailer, man. We're dropping the trailer, and all the tickets go on sale all across America. There's a bunch of dates, about 17, I think, dates to start off with. We're going to be adding lots more. But uh, don't wait, man. The pre-sale went really well. We sold out a lot of our VIP tickets. So uh, jump online right now. csmod.com slash groovy movie. Come see me and Jay. We'll show you a Jay and Silent Bob super groovy cartoon movie. This brand new Jay and Silent Bob. Silent Bob cartoon flick that Muse made and then we'll do a Jay and Silent Bob get old episode right afterwards and Q&A it so you'll be on the episode man it's a good time so go check it out csmod.com slash groovy movie this has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio Sir, only at smodcast.com